Hey everyone and welcome back to the News Agent Podcast. My name is Andrea Wilmington and I'm the Senior Content Strategist at Good Lord. Today's podcast is a recording of the first in our series of three webinars discussing Good Lord and Voucher's latest State of the Lettings Industry Report. This comprehensive annual report is now in its fourth edition and includes insights from 550 lettings professionals and 1,700 tenants from throughout the UK on you guessed it, the state of the lettings industry. I firmly believe that this year's report is our best one ever, and I would encourage you to download your free copy at goodlord.co slash newsagent. You'll find the link in the show notes. And our first webinar on the report, Good Lord's Ollie Sherlock and Hamilton Fraser's Paul Champolina will be discussing the report's insights on the impact of COVID-19 on arrears over the past year. We do still have a couple of webinars on this report coming up. So if you want to register for them, head over to the newsagent website and you can register for free now. But in the meantime, let's get into it. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's Good Lord webinar. Um, we're going to be reviewing our State of the Lettings Industry Report that was released and published uh, last Wednesday. Um, if you haven't had a chance to read through that report, we're going to guide you through uh, an element of that today um, alongside our good friend, Paul Champlina, who I'll introduce shortly. Um, today, we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to be discussing arrears and tenants' financial security after COVID-19. Um, we contacted hundreds uh, of letting agents and tenants uh, through this report, um, and we're going to review some of that data today to share with you. Um, one, to inform you, hopefully, um, I think we've got some interesting stats in there, but two, um, to, to hopefully give you some data points um, to take away and utilise within your businesses. Um, all of this, hopefully, is interesting to, to landlords, tenants, and indeed uh, agents like yourselves. Um, we've got Paul here um, to talk us through some of the data points. Um, Paul, do you want to sort of just inform the guys? I mean, I can't believe there's anybody out there who doesn't know who you are, um, given your Channel 5, LinkedIn, social media, government policy fame. But uh, for anybody who doesn't, um, who's Paul Champlina? Uh Paul Champlain is someone that's been helping landlords and letting agents for 30 years. I started landlord. At, my background was legal. I used to be a bailiff and a private investigator, but done landlord and tenant evictions since 1991, believe it or not, so 30 years ago. Feel a lot feel very old to say the least. I started <laughs> Landlord Action 20 years ago. We were the first company to offer fixed fees and a free advice line. We offered we set up a fixed fee um, process of eviction because I was cheesed off with lawyers charging too much money. 2014, we became a regulated firm of solicitors. And then in 2017, I sold Landlord Action to Hamilton Fraser. And Hamilton Fraser, uh, we own some well-known products within the private rental sector, such as My Deposits, the Property Redressing, Client Money Protect, uh, Landlord Zone and Landlord Action. So I'm now uh, on the board of Hamilton Fraser. I'm Chief Commercial Officer and maybe 15, 10-15% of my time is media. So obviously uh, I do the TV programme on Channel 5 called Nightmare Tenant Slum Landlords, which I filmed Series 6 just before lockdown They've shown it a couple of times, but they've taken it off. Uh, but I did get a call just lastly, uh, Ollie, last week. They, they, they've they asked me if I want to do a spin-off series. So uh, we shall see. And it won't be Love Island. It will be to do with <laughs> Paul Champlina hits the road. Um, uh, <laughs> well, thank you, for, thank you for joining us this morning, Paul. Pleasure. Um, 
we're going to discuss discuss a number of points. Um, before we do sort of go through what we're going to discuss, um, just to let all the participants know, the Q&A is open. Um, please feel to ask us any questions um, that may pop into your mind. Um, both Paul and I are here to help um, and indeed answer those the best we can. Um, if we can't answer them here and now, um, indeed we'll take those away and come back to you um, personally. But normally we, we manage to get through them. I think we've We've had a good record of, of of having quite an interesting interesting debate or or conversation, Paul, in the past. So hopefully today is no different. Um, and in particular today, um, we're going to be discussing the state of rent arrears, um, a hot topic uh, in the last sort of fifteen or sixteen months. Something that Good Lord um, has been central to, and my function here at Good Lord as as director of insurance is, is, has been an interesting time managing rent arrears and indeed providing rent protection to to thousands of agents across the UK. So we I think we're we're hopefully well informed um, in both sides of the conversation to discuss rent arrears, Paul, moving forward. Um, we're going to touch on the financial outlook for tenants, um, which of course is vitally important in terms of understanding where this market is going from a tenant perspective um, and then discuss protecting your landlords um, and how and what, what the data and stats around that are um, and some of the ways indeed that agents are doing that. Um, we've got some time at the end for a live Q&A but like I say we're going to try and take questions throughout the session um, so if, if you think it's relevant if you think it's not pop a question in the Q&A um, and we'll uh, we'll discuss that as we go, um, but we do have time at the end of the session indeed to, to 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 mop up any questions we've not been able to cover through the slides. So let's get into it, Paul. Let's discuss the state of rent arrears. Um, so um, we went out and asked hundreds of letting agents across the UK, and thank you if you were some of those that participated in this survey. Um, I think it's it's hopefully a really positive process because the data points become quite interesting at the end of this. Um, and we asked agents, um, what has happened to rent arrears in your business over the past year? Um, and we asked whether they'd increased, stayed the same, decreased, or whether you weren't sure. Um, 32% uh, of um, agents uh, said that the arrears had increased. We'll come back to those. Um, interestingly, 48% of uh, agents said they'd stayed the same. And now, that was quite surprising to me, and I wonder whether we're being quite particular here in terms of the last year, because, of course, going back a year, um, we were already in the midst of, 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 of the mm -hmm. pandemic and maybe had mm -hmm. felt the brunt of that. We know from our own data in terms of arrears, they spiked around April and May. Um, mm. So it may well be um, the fact we are focusing solely on solvents, and why not? Mm. That was the question indeed. Mm. But 48% of staying the same, that is surprising to me. What's your thoughts on that, Paul? Well, actually, I'm not that surprised that. I mean, look, I think you, you kind of like answered half of what I was going to answer in what you just mentioned. It's, you know, the COVID and lockdowns essentially as to where we are now was 18 months ago. So what happened is, I mean, you know, if we talk about the midst of the first lockdown, Ollie, where everyone was in a state of shock, you know, uh, I would, I myself, I hold my hands up. I was struggling with mental health for the first month, you know. Uh, mm. I think there was a real shock factor. There was a lot of panic, okay. Everyone was rushing around. Everyone didn't know what was happening. People didn't know whether they were going on furlough. Uh, so the, a lot of the shock, shock factor happened in the first three months, okay? And always what was going to get hit badly was the commercial property market. I said that very, very early on. But by the time if we got to a month, uh, we got to a year ago, which would, let's say, or it, when this report was done was August and September, things had calmed down. So, so may, uh, maybe le levels of communication opened up between landlords and tenants. There was tenants definitely trying it on, dare I say that, uh, who were getting full pay and even were getting the extra 20% top up on furlough. 
Uh, and we saw that a lot at Lionel Action. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think what was happening is I think the first three, four months was the shock factor. There was employers also, Ollie, that panicked. OK. Mm. And obviously, when realising they were getting government schemes and furloughing and so forth, that was happening. But we were seeing tenants taking advantage. Then, of course, the government came out with with the wrong messaging, saying that you can get a rent holiday, which was never the case. It was a rent deferment. OK. Mm. And then, of course, there was uh, um, we set up a section just if we talk about the direct landlord market. And we were doing, you know, I remember having a management meeting saying you've really got to engage with your customers. We set up a set, uh, a section on landlord zone called Landlord Hero. And we saw some amazing work that landlords were doing with tenants, helping their tenants out. Because as I said to you, and we said this off, you know, these tenants had been in situ, they'd been in the properties for a long time. And that good tenant didn't turn into a bad tenant overnight. We, we were dealing no. with a, uh, a global crisis. And, and I think it's easy as well. And well, again, like I said, I am, I'm quite surprised that 48% have stayed the same um, mm. because we have seen sort of um, some peaks in the last 12 months. But I think like, like we've covered, you know, the last 12 months have certainly been more settled than, say, the first three or four months of the pandemic. Mm. Um, and I think it's important as well to, to, to recognise this data, but also recognise that um, things simply aren't as bad as one they seemed in the first instance. I remember an FT article, I think, suggesting, you know, over 50% of tenants won't pay their rent. And um, I thought at the time that was pretty ludicrous. Well, it was um, a, and there was a lot of scaremongering as well, Ollie, by the, the tenant organisations, of course. And, and, and that's still happening now. And I think it's really important that, you know, we as providers and, and servicing the industry, we recognise that actually that level of scaremongering to try and, you know, sell a service, sell a product just isn't helpful, actually, because, mm. you know, we're, we're here to ensure that your businesses are protected long term, not just because there's there's something, you know, um, potentially happening in the future. And actually the data through this report, as we'll see in the coming slides, shows actually there's a level of optimism, um, mm. which I think is a bloody good thing for the industry um you know, yeah. in a long 15 or 16 months yeah. and actually you know optimism and confidence um go a long way but um for the 32 percent um have seen increases um what sort of um processes um would you expect those agents to be able to benefit from what should they be looking at um if that continues continues to see increases of course the trend isn't that they're increasing increasing there's you know you know, rears have plateaued somewhat. So what can those agents do in that uh, that segment to really help protect themselves and their landlords? Well, I think, you know, if, if you're looking at those 32%, and it is the last year, I mean, the reality is, is rent arrears will go up. Uh, you know, we've got 1.6 million people on furlough. That's going to end this month. But there is that level of optimism that you said, because uh, job vacancies are at a 20-year high of one point, uh, I think almost 1.1 million. So we've mm. had more. There's more job vacancies, and you, you look at obviously uh, stuff on the sh- on, on the news of, of of so many of different uh, industries that have um, job shortages, where they're, they're crying out for people. And there's a lot of people that are going to switch over. I think as a as an agent, when there is rent arrears, the levels of communication is absolutely imperative with your landlord. And, and something that I I train on the courses that I do with my letting agents on how to attract more landlords to your business is that you need to make sure you retain your landlord for the life of them being a landlord, not for that tenancy. And of course, when you've come out of a global pandemic and, you know, I mean, everyone thought that we were going to fall off a cliff and have a recession, albeit the interest rate is way less than 1%. uh, That's just not going to happen. So there is optimism. There's a lot of strong demand. I think there is going to be changes in the industry, but I think 
when there is arrears, there needs to be a level of how many, what are the comms between the landlord and the tenant? Are they having those, are, are, is the tenant being transparent with you? Is there a point of when, te- clearly the tenant is not giving you the information as to where they stand financially or, or what, what's happening with their employment? And do you have to, and that's why I know you do a level of mediation. We set up a mediation yeah. business at the property redress scheme. But if it goes past that point, it's when do you push the button? And of course, as you know, notice periods go back to normal after the 1st of October and Section 8 to 14 days. So it, it, it may come to a point that you need to take action. You need to serve notice. You know, courts are trying to return back to normal, whatever that means. Uh, but it, it's it's trying to manage it and being transparent. I mean, 25% of complaints we get at the property redress scheme about letting agents, Ollie, is about the lack of communication. So I think as long as the agent can, as long as the landlord can see you're trying to do everything, okay, uh, without obviously harassing that tenant, uh, then I think you, you'll be okay. And I think the landlord can more importantly can see, and a landlord wants to see that the agent is batting on their side. They're looking after them rather yeah. than what ha- has happened a lot in the past, even on full management services, Ollie, whereby I've paid an agent a full management fee and they've dropped me like a hot potato when there's rent arrears, you know? So mm. th- there's a lot more work that has to be done now and a lot more work that agents have had to find themselves to do relating to rent arrears and learn about rent arrears and that procedure because it's obviously it's happening higher. Yeah. I mean, I'm desperately trying to avoid the, the cliched pitch of, of good Lord's rent protection here. So I'll mention it and not, uh, not continue to say anything uh, well, more. And, but, and that was my know, last point. That was there my is, last and, point. Yeah, there is products to... out there, you know, whether yeah. it's good Lord um, or others. And, you know, it, I think it's really looking at the level of comprehension and what you're getting there. But the, the interesting stat here, I suppose, um, that we haven't discussed is the is the 6% that weren't sure, which to me is is a little odd on the basis that, you know, an agent's income is derived from the rental amount um, yeah. more often than not. Um, and mm. to not know whether they've gone up or down um, um, maybe suggests that, you know, a, a keener eye is needed to, to really mm. understand what's going mm-hmm. on. Because once you start to get a problem, it can often snowball. And, you know, the time that, you know, one or two arrears cases take in an agent's life, if they haven't got the, the framework or protection around them, can be substantial, can't it? So to not yeah. know is probably in some ways uh, as worrying as having an increase in arrears in, in some respects. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Let's have a look at the next slide. We've got Holly uh, supporting us today. So, um, again, we, we went to agents. So on, on the agents that have, have seen the increase, we asked um, how much they've been they, they've increased by. So really looking at the difference um, mm. here in terms of you know, how substantial is the problem. Um, and the vast majority of agents, uh, 37%, said that actually arrears had increased by up to 10%. Um, you know, when you look at the higher echelons of this, um, we've got 5% of agents Saying that arrears had increased by more by more than fifty percent. Um, now that clearly is going to be a challenging a challenging time for those agents, right? Because mm. not only is their uh, their, is their financial income threatened, but again the workload is um, is, is massive around that. Um, do you think that points towards you know a, a keener eye on the on the tenant demographic they're letting to? Is that just unlucky? The symptom well, of the pandemic. What what, what, I, what do you think that suggests? Yeah, I think, and I think it comes into the fact, and you know, I would always recommend uh, a rent guarantee product. I, mean, I know, obviously, during the uh, the pandemic, there was obviously uh, a lot of rent guarantee providers uh, that were arguing the toss because, obviously, COVID, and uh, obviously, some of the terms wrote that out. Uh, I think, obviously, yes, you know, 
course reference. I mean, look, statistically, a landlord always a, a, a landlord always goes to a letting agent because they feel they're going to get a better tenant in their property. But of course, when you have a uh, global pandemic and uh, massive changes to the economy and various different sectors, an agent can't be to blame as to what's going to happen in that sector and if that agent's going to lose their job because they're not clairvoyant. So I think, you know, when there is rent arrears, when there are issues, it is about having good systems in place. It is about obviously making sure your referencing uh, is methodical and that obviously that you are being transparent with your landlord so they're giving you the green light and they understand what type of tenant's going in. But, of course, you can't change what happens with regard to time. But uh, I think, obviously, when, when you have seen a pandemic and you have seen a, a rise in renters, uh, I mean, we do work, we do legal work at Landlord Action for rental insurance companies. You know, we do, we do the claims mm-hmm. work. I think it's important that uh, agents, um, you know, I know some agents might have 10 or 15% of their uh, management book might be under rent guarantee, some as much as 30, to be honest. But when you're paying two, £300 for a rent guarantee product and the landlord has the peace of mind, their rent's going to be paid every month and the legal fees, I think, especially coming out of a pandemic, I think it is uh, the old cliche, a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to, to 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 avoid that part of the conversation. Again, this, this I want to stress this isn't about pushing good lords rent protection. Um, you know, there's there's other providers out there, but you know, we can only speak on behalf of ourselves. We've seen the the benefit of this this policy, um, especially in the last fifteen or sixteen months, and I think. We run the risk, I suppose, as an industry of, you know, given the optimism that we've found in this data set, but also the clear confidence and optimism in the wider community that life is slowly returning back to normal, that, you know, levels of protection aren't needed. And actually, you know, I liken a rent protection policy to, to the fire alarm in your house. You, you don't have a fire, then put the fire alarm in. Um, and you don't take the fire alarm down because you've not had a fire for a couple of years. You keep it there because it protects you. And it's exactly the same for a rent protection yeah. policy in my mind. It's that peace of mind. Um you know, when we're dealing with um, arrears on on a low level, um, in a fifty more than fifty percent is you know that is that is really um, stressful. Clearly, for for letting agency businesses, um, um, but let's not discount. You know, increases of ten percent are still large, and we wouldn't normally see those. And that again is in the last year. Um, there are certain processes and mechanisms you can go through, isn't there, to to really look to, to to shore those processes up. So again, checking the type of tenants, the type of properties, speaking to your landlords, looking to mediate, looking to have a a more open dialogue, like you said earlier, with your tenants and landlords. These things yeah. can help, right, in terms of minimising the risk of that. I think um, I think relating to that point as well, and one thing that that's really happened <clears throat> with regard to COVID is there was something like in the midst of COVID. Uh, there was something like 6 million people claiming universal credit. Now, you know, we could have another conversation and we'd need another hour to talk about the universal credit and the failings of universal credit and how so many landlords have come out of that market. But the, the snobbishness of landlords when they're thinking, oh, I'm not going to rent to a universal credit tenant. Well, they actually had no choice during, uh, obviously, what happened in the pandemic. And I think what happens is, is that it is an option you know, and that's why the, 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 the idea of having a tenant save a loan where the money was lent to the tenant and it's paid mm. out if rent is that never came into England. It came into Wales and Scotland. But I think when there is notification that a tenant has lost their job and that's going to rise, you know, you're going to get calls in October, November, where or there's some clarity that these people have come off a furlough and they haven't been able to find another job, whatever. That's going to be a reality. And you guys, as in agents, <clears throat> you're going to have to know about universal credit. You're going to have to know about 
how the landlord claims. And you're going to have to have those conversations with the landlord because my motto is it's better to get something in rather than not. Yeah. No, and, and, and understanding that's going to be key to make sure that there's a, a level of confidence from both sides that you can maintain and complete that let. Um, and actually, you know, um, I think you point towards you know some level of stigma around universal credit housing benefit applicants. Um, and indeed, you know, in the past year and in years preceding that, um, there, there isn't so much a direct correlation between housing benefit tenants paying or not paying as much as there is any other sector or demographic of tenants paying or not paying um, mm. in some respects. Um, but indeed, there has been, you know, um, problems around the, the 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 flow of money in some respects when it comes to benefit claimants as well which is has been frustrating for agents and animals alike in the past um but clearly understanding that is a benefit um there's a good point made by one of our viewers uh, here paul um higher ears increases maybe because the level was very low pre-covid um that's what's happened to us going from two to six i'm guessing that is percent um potentially um and that's a really good point um so no matter how well you've managed this process before of course because of the pandemic you may well have felt bigger increases compared to others because simply that's gone out of your control which again may well point towards some of the numbers in the slide um let's move on let's go on to the next slide we've got a few things to get through uh this morning um so Len, i'm looking at decreases here how much of rent arrears in your business decreased um decreased by 10 percent it's 23 percent um there's a bit of a lull between 11 and 20 percent and we start to see the numbers rise again um so the majority of agents asked this this question uh 20 percent of them um said that their arrears had decreased between 21 and 30 percent uh, which is a great news story uh, for one for for agents but also we can't forget for tenants um you know i i, I would as a guess that the vast majority of, of all of the tenants featuring in these uh, arrears cases um, actually, one, don't want to be in arrears, two, haven't chosen to be in arrears, and were more than likely good tenants prior to, prior to the challenging last 15 or 16 months. So the fact mm. that people are sorting themselves out, they have been given the room to do that. And, you know, you noted earlier, Paul, that landlords and letting agents have really shone in the last 16 months. We've seen that ourselves in working with tenants. Do you think that continues as we go back to the new normal, or, or, or I mean, I think you would implore that they continues, right? Yeah, I think I think what we learn from the pandemic, and I saw this as well. I mean, what hasn't helped helped and infuriates me is again you have the tenant groups that are belittling and plagiarising landlords as greedy so and so's, and they haven't done this and haven't done that. But you know, good landlord and letting agent stories don't sell newspapers you know i mm. saw you know i saw i saw an amazing coming together of landlords and letting agents working with tenants uh especially with key workers rent free periods i had one landlord that was doing regular shopping i had one landlord uh that was giving uh, a property free to a key worker i mean I heard some amazing stories you know and working out installment plans and then i heard some other stories i mean i was literally in the first in the first lockdown Whatever, whatever months it was, I was getting contacted every day when I was working from home. I would say between five and 10 direct emails or social media messages from landlords and tenants on particular stories of panic setting in. And I also had scenarios where I had to call up, I even called up landlords on behalf of tenants. Well, I thought mm. that they acted improperly and they were being too aggressive, you know, because they were panicking. Um, but generally, uh, I felt that there was a really good, uh, a better understanding, a much more empathy between a landlord and tenant. Uh, because that, unfortunately, what is played out in the press, it's a landlord and a tenant, them and us, and it's not. 
you know, and we talk about it all the time and I know you talk about it, you know, without tenants, we don't have an industry. They are mm. the customers and keep people calling customers and the name of having a, the name, you know, I run a whole sales, uh, sales force for the whole business. The name of any business and even for a letting agent is you have your prop, your client, okay, which is your landlord and you have your tenant and the aim of the game is to have them as long as possible. I.e., yeah. have them in that property as long as possible. And people forget, prior to the pandemic, Ollie, as per the English Housing Survey, they reckon the average term of the tenancy was four years and three months. You know, it's, yeah. it's quite, you know, people forget that. You know, people forget that generally that tenants do generally stay long. And if they're happy, uh, depending on their circumstances, and they've got the job security, you know, that they treat that, that property as a home and you want them to stay there as long as possible. And I think on that point, this is another area where letting agents really stand out for me of you know being uh, of massive worth, but maybe undervalued. Um, I think one of your recent surveys, Animal Defraid, has suggested that sixty-five percent of uh, landlords um, do not use a uh, a letting agency service. Um, now, you know, ultimately, I think that's clearly a bad thing um because the, the professionalism the um the understanding education that letting agents bring is invaluable um yeah. and i wonder how that 65 percent of um you know steered their way through the last 15 16 yeah. months i mean on, on that, to the agents we've seen ollie that's a really good point i mean i, I would say i I, did, I even did an online course for landlords called self-manager not to self-manage on my on my website paulchamplina.tv which is actually a debate where landlords now have to look themselves in the mirror and think do I really want to manage this property? You know, from someone that's been in this industry for 30 years and, you know, and seen how dramatically the private rental sector has changed in three years, let alone five years and 10 years, you know, yes, you're going to have landlords exiting the marketplace. And we're seeing a lot of landlords doing that because of a million and one different reasons. But the game has changed. Uh, and quite rightly, I think if you're looking at an underplayed and under, underappreciated uh, marketplace is actually letting agents because mm. you know uh, if you work out what they should be charging in an hourly rate they don't charge anything like that you know they're spending tens and tens of hours on manage uh, not only letting a property but managing a property and making sure a landlord is compliant and the property is safe during a term of a tenancy and actually what's the difference and we've had this conversation before you know what's the difference between let only and fully managed if you divide that by 12, it's, it's 30, 40 quid a month. I mean, why would a landlord want to manage nowadays? And, I, and I've, I've been hammering home that message in the press more so in the last couple of years than ever before. But it, and it's easy, easy to forget, though, how much tenants benefit from the letting agent themselves too um and you know for, for those they, for those uh, tenants who have had the the benefit of a letting agent in the last sort of 16 odd months and we're seeing these arrears decrease for example i would strongly argue that the letting agent plays a key role in that conduit between them and the landlord when you've got a landlord and just a tenant you know ultimately the landlord one maybe not as well educated two focusing on the wrong things i.e where's my money um, mm. and actually that's a very short-term view because again you know, you're looking for a longer term partnership and letting agents are crucial in mm. um, in negotiating and mediating and understanding. And of course, partners like yourselves, like us, we help that mediation. But the letting agent yeah. centre to that. But, and, but, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, that, I mean, that's really, really good point. But you know what's going to change that as well? And I think landlords, I, I think let, letting agents will actually pick up more management work. And there is an art to be a, a gaining a landlord and how you pitch to them. But mm. what is going to be in the horizon? I know and this is definitely going to be happening and under the tenancy reform uh, bill, 
not just the, the banning of Section 21, and we can talk about that later, but landlord redress is definitely, definitely coming in. So if you're saying, if we look at my our power, we said 60% of uh, le- landlords don't use letting agents. So let, that means that 60% are full managing, okay, or they're using let only. If they're fully managing, they have to be part of a redress scheme, you know, and it can be, it can be you can look at it and say, well, it's part of a, a landlord registration uh, process but that means that the tenant will have redress against that landlord and renting that yeah. property uh, and that's going to be a major factor uh, and a game changer in in the game of fully fully management agreed and and the time is now to start i think in my opinion building out you know your business proposition to accommodate for that for when it comes in but you know i, I i'm i'm clearly teaching people to suck eggs there because you know the, the vast majority of agents i see actually are out there educating landlords rather than selling to them and you know i'm a strong believer in that because you know navigating the lettings process now is not simple um and there's a lot of hurdles and if you get them wrong there's a lot of hurdles that can really be quite expensive and disastrous for for letting agents and landlords so the liability they take on here is massive but for landlords to do it themselves i think that's a, a big ask for most landlords who aren't you have to have you know, time they don't, their their, they don't put price in their time that's where they go wrong landlords indeed um let's move on let's look at the next slide so um the next one holly if we can there we go um so and um, we did ask the question as part of the the uh the the the, the report does your business enter a rent protection insurance product um 62 percent uh, of the agents asked uh, said yes um i would like to think this is a um uh, a glowing endorsement of um our, our agents i think you know the majority of our, uh, the people asked were good lord agents and you know we noticed um uh, that we could you know help support agents in a different way through this product by keeping it on throughout the pandemic so uh, but also i think what it shows is that most agents are indeed switched on to the fact of having a safety net there is important um given the majority are entertaining this let's not discuss that product let's just uh, discuss what happens if you don't have this product in place paul so um i've got a i've got a let they fall into arrears tends not moving out they're not even responding to me um what other avenues can i go down um in order to um eventually get vacant possession and where should i be looking in order for support um or should i be doing this myself as an agent and take it on and just think i can manage this yeah i mean look in first as an agent you know you would have come across serving notices before tenants absconding but tenants tenants staying put because they've got nowhere else to go or they've been advised by the council or for various different reasons people that are just playing the system and have got another uh, have got another motive about staying in the property and building up debt and just you know for whatever reason uh, it's about one explaining to the landlord early on what's happening what your gut feeling is as an agent what you think the tenants doing how they've played it uh, secondly, yes, you know, we, there is mediation service and we do quite a bit of mediation at the PRS. We bought that mediation service out in lockdown when the notice periods went to six months. You've got to realise in the midst of what was going on, you were serving a six month notice period. Then you, you were going to court to try and issue court proceedings. And of course, the courts between March 20 and September 20 were on. They, you were, we were issuing claims at court, but they weren't being serviced. And then, of course, the eviction ban only opened up on the 31st of May, where you only had a month a month in that period where you could do evictions when it mm. did open up and then it went to a tier two, tier three situation. You know, the reality now, if you're serving a notice, and of course, after the 1st of October, section 21s go to two months, section eights go to 14 days. Uh, hearing date wise, you're now having to have a review hearing 
time-wise, it's going to be five, six months going to court. So there's six months. I mean, obviously, beforehand, it was a lot worse. There's backlogs at courts, and I can talk about that a little bit later on. But you know what it is? It's managing the landlord's expectations. And, of course, there is unpaid rent that's not going to be paid. OK, so you're saying to a landlord, you could be, you know, it could take a six months to get the property back. Uh, I would always recommend using solicitors like us or a regulated firm of solicitors. Do not do it yourself as an agent. You won't have right of audience to issue the claim at court. The judge, the judge most probably, if you did try and issue the claim at court on behalf of the landlord, he wouldn't give you right of audience. He'd throw out your case and your professional indemnity insurance will not cover you. OK, it won't cover mm-hmm. you to issue legal proceedings. It will cover you for credit control and serving notice. But thereafter, you know, you need to instruct someone to do it properly. I mean, you know, we've got 17 staff at Landlord Action in the last three months. Just so you know, on numbers, we've got a press release coming out last month. The last three months, uh, our instructions have gone up 43 percent because it's gone. It's it's obviously got busy. And, and next year will be a lot busier. I predict I predict there's going to be about 150,000 possession claims issued in 2022. Yeah. Uh, I, I would agree. And I think I, I would throw caution behind the, the optimism around notice periods changing, because I actually think what we'll see, given the volumes that are already in the courts and the volumes coming down the pipe that we see, um, that's essentially going to be counteracted by those volumes. So the benefit yeah. of you know the reduced timelines and and let's be honest, five or six months would be a reduced timeline as we stand here at the moment. That would be mm. that would be great uh, for all concerned. Um, I fear the reality is actually we're going to see an elongated period of of um, you know um, uh, eviction processes taking um, you know a long long time. We've got a bailiff and, shortage, Jolly. That's the problem. And, that, that, we've got a big problem with bailiff shortages. You've got a problem with bailiffs. You've got a problem with the amount of judges as well that can see yeah. cases and actually viewing cases. You've got a problem with the volume coming in. And this isn't a problem that's going to go away just because the legislation changes. There's clearly going to be a lag um, to that. The question is how long that lag is and how long it stretches out. But, you know, we're still seeing cases um, stuck in the system well over a year. And we've had a record amount of landlords that, have had a, that are owed over 12 months rent arrears. We've actually increased... Uh, resource and more people to work in our debt. We've got we've got a designated debt recovery department, but we're yep. just collecting debt, which historic debt for landlords or money orders and stuff. Uh, and we're seeing a lot more landlords now are pursuing tenants because they want to get a county court judgment. And most of the time, previously, they were just writing it off and they didn't want to pursue the tenant because, of course, trying to collect money against an ex-tenant is most probably one of the hardest things to do. But they just want to get a county court judgment so it shows up in their credit rating going forward. Yeah, indeed. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, appreciate we are running tight on time. So um, we we asked uh, not only letting agents part of this survey, but also um, tenants too. And we asked them, has the pandemic had any impact uh, on your ability to pay the rent? Um, and you can see the results here that um, actually the uh, 81% in 2021 said, no, I've not missed any payments or organized a payment plan. Uh, that's fantastic in 2021. Um, uh, the majority of, of tenants saying actually no i think i'm fine i've not had to take action again is cause for optimism um and i think the point i'd make here is that you know our industry is somewhat cyclical um and for people that have moved in in the last 15 or 16 months actually they've moved in during probably the the hardest time to move home um mm. you know they're going to be reference checked hopefully hopefully using a professional party um like good lord or others to to, to, to check check references to those tenants um they're gonna to have to meet the, the constraints of that reference right at that moment in time and actually um it almost resets the clock um and whilst referencing is only a snapshot of that day and clearly other protection products help 
Um, this is really positive. And I think this goes back to your point you made around the jobs market, actually, Paul, because you're right in saying that you know job um, job vacancies are highest since records began in 2001. Um, you know, you're dealing with tenants through different avenues all the time. Um, should tenants rightly be in a position of optimism? It feels like they are from this data. Look, from someone that's a bit long in the tooth and has basically been collecting debt for, I mean, you know, for most of my working life. You know, I've worked in, in the 88-90 recession, which was horrendous with 15% interest rate. And a lot of the people listening here, or maybe younger letting agents wouldn't have understood. And I used to get repossession, do repossession hearings. Then we had the 2008 global recession. You know, when this pandemic started, me being Mr. Doom and Gloom, I thought, right, we're in for another recession. But without that government stimulus of 300 billion, which I think we're up to, don't forget we've got to pay the money back and we're going to print loads of money out and all that type of stuff. And interest rate, you know, are actually minimal 1%. Yes, inflation. Oh, that was just uh, that was just test and trace, wasn't it? Is that three hundred billion, Paul? But was something like that. I mean, God knows what it is now. <laughs> but but what I'm saying to you is, is there is a lot of optimism. Uh, yes, you know, interest rate, inflation, everything's going to go up. But it, you know, it, the stimulus and what's happened is that, that everyone can be have right to have optimism because of the amount of job vacancies. And you know, heaven forbid, someone loses their job, at the end of the day, you've got to pay your bills. And, you know, and if you're a solicitor or you're an accountant or you're in a professional trade and you're struggling in that industry, you know, uh, I remember seeing something very early on of a restaurant, uh, a high end restaurant in Manchester, and they had over a thousand applicants. This was this was at the in the midst of the first uh, lockdown where people were getting laid off early and, and employers were panicking. So I think, you know, I think because there's so many job vacancies about and there's so many uh, new industries that have come to the fore. Uh, I think there is lots of optimism. It's completely different to previous recessions, and we're not going to yeah. hit a recession. So, uh, you know, and if a tenant does lose their job, well, there's a good chance they're going to find another job quite quickly. Yeah, and, and that points towards the figures because whilst you know clearly the the, the numbers are positive, um, you have got a segment here that, that's showing growth. I.e., you know, we've seen a two percent leap uh, between twenty twenty one and twenty twenty in tenants saying yes, I've missed. I mean, I've missed some payments. Um, you know, and we are still seeing you know six percent of tenants saying, "Hey, I'm concerned that I might not be able to pay the rent." So again, good dialogue with your tenants, a good understanding of of their situation, keeping on top of renewals, for example. So you're checking in and and even you know reassessing tenants at renewal, um, whether it be you know through a Q and A with them and just understanding their situation, or indeed through a reference. Again, these things can help avoid those, but those numbers again are positive, and it would be easy for us to sit here, given our positions in the industry, and focus on those two numbers. I don't want to do that. Because actually, again, there is cause for optimism here. Um, it's not to say there's no risk, but you know, hopefully, tenants are, are thinking actually they're in a better position than they have been. And like you say, Paul, mm-hmm. 50 months ago, we wouldn't have put money on that. And I think mm-hmm. you know, we, we you're rightly right to say th- that we're th- staying th- a recession th- in the face. Yeah, I think the biggest challenge, Ollie, for an agent is the worry that some of their landlords will exit the marketplace. You know, the smaller landlords. Uh, I think, uh, and obviously, just gaining stock, trying to get stock. You know, mm. I think there'd be a bit more movement in investment. I know a lot of big, big investment houses uh, that are watching and waiting, but trying to source, get some sort of deal, or a deal between, you know, 80% below market value, they're really, really hard to come about. And there's not yeah. a lot of distressed sellers out there because don't forget money is really cheap. You know, mm. I think landlords are lucky as well because, you know, if they've got, 
you know, if, if they've got if anything about them and, you know, they've refinanced in the last three years, that their, their, their interest payments or, or their payments are relatively low in compared to what type of rent they've got. So there is some give in doing a, a yeah. payment plan, you know. Um, so, you know, land, landlords, I, I know that it, they found it, it's been tough with all the legislation and, and various different changes and taxes and get that. But as a whole, with regard to borrowing money and how rents have, uh, and, and rents are still going up, uh, and mm. demand is really, really strong. I mean, I, I speak to most agents and they say that we've got many applicants and we need more property. It, it surprises me year after year, I think, the resilience of landlords because it, to me, you know, they're being faced as our letting agents with more and more sort of hurdles to jump over. And especially mm. in the, you know, during the pandemic, I think it's fair to say that landlords were a secondary thought um, and it did feel a bit like we're slipping back into the, um, the cliche of, well, they're all driving Bentleys and they'll be okay. And actually, you know, there's plenty of stories that we've seen. I remember one in particular, which I think I, I may have shared on, on one of these before where, you know, the gentleman was renting out his mother's house because his mother was in a care home and the rental amount from that property was covering the care fee. Yeah. So the tenant fell into arrears because of the pandemic. He had no choice but to take action couldn't take immediate action clearly because legislation and that really put up um you know uh, question marks whether he could afford his mother's care so yeah you know we are dealing with people here and landlords um they're saying that landlords have been resilient and like you said there's plenty of opportunity but they're not forward, banks but they're not that they're not banks they're, they're not banks no um and i'm sure they'll be looking towards mr gove to, to level them up uh, over the next uh, year or two um, given some of the legislation coming down the line. And hopefully landlords do see the support along with letting agents that they deserve in the coming years. Um, let's move on to the next slide. Um, so um, we wanted to speak to Sense about furloughing. And furlough has been a big thing because, of course, um, you know, it comes to it comes to an end um, very shortly. Um, there's been plenty of, of, of media attention to this. Um, I, I would probably call out some of the competitive attention to this as well. Um, you know, we see plenty of sort of um, insurers sort of arguing that you should be taking rent protection insurance now because furlough is coming to an end. Um, I strongly disagree with, with that kind of sort of panic selling. Um, and the numbers actually don't support that, especially when you look at cyclical nature. It's not uh, to say the risk is ongoing. Clearly it is. And there's, you know, over a million people still on furlough. Um, but we're not expecting huge, um, huge swathes of change. And data on after the slide on this will we'll point towards that but here you can see um sort of spread um and actually what we're seeing here paul is a consistent trend pretty much across mm. the entire of the uk um yeah. which i don't think is surprising wales is um is, is the outlier um in terms of not being furloughed um 86 percent uh of respondents said um that they had not been furloughed at some point during last year but you can see above and beyond that it, it, it's in the high uh to low 70s um mm. From a furlough perspective, um, what, what are your thoughts in terms of, I mean, if we go on to the next slide while we're discussing this, actually, because what are your thoughts, Paul, around, you know, the impact of furlough coming to an end? Yeah, well, it has to come to, I mean, it's amazing that it's lasted for 18 months. I mean, it's quite incredible, really. I mean, mm. in that last poll, you'll see a lot of it was 20 to 30 percent that have been furloughed. So they may have been furloughed and they've gone back, you know. Uh, I don't, you know, uh, so I think what's happening, especially with a lot of employers, there was the chance to actually get some funding from the government. So everyone jumped onto it. Then they got, they, and then they, a lot of the businesses had to change their work modeling as to what they were doing and obviously going more and more remote and was their output and can they save costs? And, it, and, you know, you've got to realize that the whole pandemic changed the way that businesses worked, you know? Um, so uh, there, I, I think, you know, 
with regard to how many people are still being furloughed and have they been put furloughed throughout the whole period, uh, I think if they've been fur- if an individual's been furloughed, let's say for a year or eighteen months, and they've been a tenant, uh, for me that would be a bit of a worry as a landlord, uh, yeah. possibly because you'd think that that company would want that individual back with regard to value, and are they just doing them a favour and cover? So you know there could be there obviously could be a hike with regard to job losses there, uh, and that's a worry. Yeah, and, and and I think that that that's the thing, right? It, it's not discounting the fact that we are going to see job losses surely at the end of furlough. But um, you know, it, it, the numbers clearly are are broadly positive, actually, on the basis that the job vacancies are as high as they've ever been. Mm. The furlough number is is low in relative terms to where it was, and we can see you know plenty of people returning back to work. And and our agents and the, the people that, that took part in this uh, this study agree. Um, only one percent think that the uh, end of furlough will have a major and negative uh impact mm. um i wouldn't go as far to to agree that it could have a major and positive impact i, I no. maybe that's from an employer's perspective I, I would find that that odd but um mm. i think the middle ground here is clearly neither positive or negative so life carries on and um you know i would feel um, a bit like you, you mentioned there people being on furlough for that time one I think it shows a really good argument as to why checking in with your tenants is right. important, even if it's an automated mail shot every other month out to them, um, offering support or entertaining a conversation. Because one, you know, that's clearly going to lead to further problems down the line when furlough does end. But two, yes. like you say, that's that's information landlords will want to know. You know, my, how's my I think on that, po- on, on that point, Ollie, and I think we both agree. I think that furlough ends in September. If you've got a long-term tenant that's been on furlough. What's that next rent payment in October? What's that going to be like and in November? And I think what's yeah. really important as an agent is having those conversations, not obviously with the tenant, as and try, try and get some sort of transparency because hopefully you've built up a, a stronger rapport. And that's happened as well. I think agents strong, built up stronger rapports with their tenants, especially during yeah. this pandemic, and the comms are really, really important. But actually with your landlord, because actually trying to get them to brace themselves, because by the way, that person needs to try, you know, they might have had a job lined up or whatever, but I think you just, it just shows that you're ahead of the curve as an agent. Indeed. And the number on furlough, I suppose it should be, it should be recognised. The number on a furlough is separate to the number of tenants already in the eviction process. Yes, um, and you could argue that actually, you know, you know, a bulk of those people in the eviction process are already the same people that are included in the furlough number. Uh, yeah. They're still on furlough. So there's mm. a level of churn there in terms of numbers, but, um, it's going to be interesting. There's certainly an element of risk at the end of that. Um, but again, broadly speaking, from agents and indeed, you know, I think you, you and I agree, Paul, that actually um, there's not going to be hugely major and negative, you know, um, uh, results here. But, um, you know, m- m- maybe maybe one to watch um, at the very least. Can you imagine, um, Ollie? can you imagine just very quickly, just if the government had not introduced furlough? Okay. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of having the eviction ban uh, – was to make sure that we didn't have an, an avalanche of evictions and homelessness in the midst of a global pandemic and a healthcare crisis where there was no vaccine, okay? And then, of course, all the stuff that was brought in with regard to court review hearings and um, and reactivation notices and notice was just to literally delay everything, which meant that that was bigger hardship for landlords. And then, of course, thrown into the midst of all that, you had stamp duty concessions, 
And we were opened up as an industry in the middle part of May, which was relatively early for an industry. So we lucked right. out quite a lot with regard to an industry, with regard to the economy, because obviously the, the property industry underpins the economy. So we got quite lucky. And then, of course, in the midst of possibly having people missing and not paying the rent and uncertainty, you know, the government was subsidising it. And then there was loads of money with regard to, you know, um, loans of businesses and all that. And then, of course, you had the housing market going absolutely mental. Right. Mm. You, you couldn't have written, written that script, could you? No. And, uh, you know, like you say, that support has to come to an end at some point. But, you know, there is a sentiment that actually people are back on their feet in, in the main and the industries are back working. You know, we're, we're seeing people go back to the offices. We're seeing people, you know, um, move, move jobs and, and see further opportunities. So hopefully, you know, what the government set out to do there um uh has worked and clearly it has i mean it's an unprecedented process that and um like you say thank goodness it was in place um it's very easy to criticize the government sometimes yeah you know, no, we, we should praise we should praise them when they do something well and, and the furlough scheme indeed was was one of those things that i think was it was very positive um um we are we're already overrunning um so we're going to go on to the next slide um if if, if we can um We'll, we'll, we'll jump through this quickly because this again backs backs up our, the numbers, I think. And we ask tenants, do you agree or disagree that your income is secure? Um, nearly uh, nearly half, so 44.5% of tenants in 2021 agree that their income is secure. That's a jump of uh, over 4%. So again, aiding the numbers we've just seen. Um, tend to agree, um, which are, you know we take as broadly positive, as, as remain pretty pretty standard. Um, we are seeing um, a decrease, of course, as well in the people that disagree with that uh, from a tenant's perspective, which again is positive. Um, so from a tenant's perspective, they're feeling more secure. From an agent's perspective, they don't believe that the end of furlough is going to have a, uh, a major negative impact. Um, so again, I think grounds for optimism here, um, looking forward over the next six to 12 months. And of course, the next six to 12 months are going to be interesting, Paul, aren't they, from an agent, tenant and landlord perspective, given some of the changes we have in the pipeline. Um, do you think the, uh, the newly created um, uh, government function is going to change any of that? Or do you expect to see the changes we saw uh, from the previous institution come through um, or we're leveling up? Uh, do you think maybe distract more so than not? Yeah, I mean, levelling up. I think we're trying to work out what levelling up means, to be honest, to a certain extent. Look, the the the, the policies that, that you know, uh, the, the the tenant reform bill, uh, that's all going to happen. The abolishment of Section 21, uh, landlord redress, lifetime deposits, all definitely all going to be coming in. Uh, they, what they're wanting changes to assure short-term tenancies, uh, you know, in more in line with Scotland, I think that's going to happen. You know, essentially, if you think about it, a lot of the policies that have come in have been created, uh, obviously, for for tenant uh, for 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 tenant security, uh, and obviously for landlords, obviously, to be much more professional. And then, of course, we've got ROPA regulation of property agents that's been that's been kicked down the can a little bit further down the road in some sense. But all letting agents will have to become regulated. So, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot happening, and I I just think it will continue. I can't see there'd be a lot of changes in that policy, even though there's been an, another, uh, obviously, housing minister coming in, the Govmaster, Govmeister. The Govmeister. Um, yeah, who's, got, who, who's, got some, who's got some mean shapes on the dance floor, by all accounts. I, I, I was just about to say, I think he'd give you a run for, for your money, Paul. He could um, do, yeah, after a few vodkas, definitely. <laughs> um so uh let me have a look we've got one come in uh that we've not covered um 
one from Victor on um, our how uh, they can purchase a rent protection insurance policy through us for a tenancy that started uh, with rent in advance. Victor, um, we will reach out to you and we will um, assess the case for you and where we can help indeed. We, we, we would love to um, help provide uh, rent protection to you. Um, uh, Alicia has asked uh, a more technical question, I think, um, but hopefully you can help, Paul. Um, my agent colleague has a tenant with three months rent arrears who abandoned the property, leaving broken key in the lock. That was helpful uh, and disappeared. Um, I'm wondering what you think are the options. Uh, I wonder what you think are the options here to one, get any money back from him to get possession of the property. There is no contact with the guy. Of course, he uh, looks like being self-employed with no official address or business registered. So essentially, agent has an empty property. Yeah. It looks like they're vacated. This okay. feels like an abandoned notice yes. mm. um, here, Paul. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the abandonment notice, I actually gave some advice on this in the deregulation act, then it went on the back burner. I would, you could put up an abandonment notice, take a picture, try and do some sort of uh, inspection, giving 24 hours notice and all that type of stuff. Speak to neighbours, get evidence, take pictures, do the videos on the phone, all that type of stuff. Wait five days, try and reach out, get some uh, SMX texting and uh, WhatsApps and emails and show there's some sort of chain. You know, it appears if, you know, if, if it is abandoned and it, that, that's always the great question that one can af- a- avoid court. But there always is that element of risk if he came back and said, oh, I went on holiday for yeah. three weeks and you've unlawfully evicted me. So there, there's always that. But, you know, if we've got enough evidence to say he's done a runner, bearing in mind he's broken the key in the lock, whether that was done on purpose or not, that's a different story because we know some tenants uh, can do that as well. So that that would be the easiest option. Okay, if you're 95 percent clear that you think he's abandoned with regard to debt recovery, you know, by all means, reach out to me, Paul at landlordaction.co.uk. Firstly, there's the issue of tracing a tenant. And we say normally wait three to six months to try and trace the tenant. Mm. And then, of course, what information have you got? Do we know he's working? Has he got any assets? You know, trying to collect money from ex-tenants is the hardest thing to go. And uh, that's why we do the fixed fee side of things and we take a view. You know, what will happen is when you do gain possession, you will see, you know, after two, three, four weeks of mail that he might be pursued by other creditors as well. The only added advantage, Ollie, is that uh, we know that he's left the property and the other creditors don't know that he's left the property. So when you are trying to collect debt, it's about trying to get in the front of the queue before other creditors. Indeed, indeed. Um, thank you for that advice. Um, one final question from Shola. Um, quite pertinent given the timing and the change in legislation in um, a matter of days. Shola asks, if the tenant is in rent arrears of more than four months, how long do we need to uh, give them before taking legal action, Paul? Right. Well, so, uh, I mean, now, essentially, uh, if there was four months rent arrears owing now, you could have served the notice and it gives the tenant 28 days. Uh, you, you serve a 28 day Section 8 notice. After the 1st of October, that goes down to 14 days. You're going, there's two months rent arrears, over two months rent arrears is ground eight. So it's a mandatory ground. So yeah, so you could be, you could serve the section eight notice now, uh, time-wise, you know, uh, you're on the 23rd. I would say maybe, you know, you, you, time-wise, you may as well wait a week, wait until after yeah. the 1st of October, serve your section eight notice. Uh, obviously, if you need some help, uh, we can help you at Landlord Action naturally. Yeah, I was th- thinking that, that's why I mentioned how personal that was, because I think, you know, yeah. just waiting that few days in that case, given that you've yeah. made, by the sounds of it, not taking any action so far is, is yes. probably, probably wise. Another not going to um, make a big difference. No, indeed. Um, if we just move on the slides, that'd be great. Holly, um, just to um, uh, mention as well, whilst people are on, um, 
we've been working uh, together from a my deposits and good law perspective um, we've now automated the deposit registration process um, into my deposits via the platform um, here at good Lord, which um, I know has been a massive win for a lot of customers who enjoy the services of my deposits yep. and good Lord um, if that's of interest to you or indeed you want to um, clean that process up and make it even easier than it already is then of course we're here to help and you can uh, visit our website um, and book a demo um, via there and we'll show you exactly how that works um, we've taken segments today of the state of the industry lettings report and um, it is all available to you um, directly visit our website um, go on to news agents news agent is a hub of all the breaking news blogs um, guidance on legislation some helpful tips and hints you don't need to be a good law customer to use it um, plenty of our customers do use it and plenty of them use it when they go out and speak to landlords um, please feel free to take plagiarize borrow um, as much of that as you as you want or need um, because you know ultimately we're we're hoping to present you data points that are interesting. Um, and on that point, if you have any ideas, if you think we're missing a trick here, if you think you want to see something else that's not on the news agent, please have a look and then let us know. Um, indeed, we'll, we'll, we'll utilize that and, and run with it um, if we think there's there's good reason to do so. Um, it's not just us that are here to help. Um, Paul's um, array of uh, companies and firms are also there to support, uh, whether it be from Hamilton Fraser, uh, HSIS, the PRS, um, indeed, the landlord's friend, Paul's one-on-one -on -one training and landlord action, which I think there's been a couple of cases we discussed on the Q&A today, Paul, that I'm hoping people reach out to you from a landlord action perspective, because I think you help there. Um, and indeed, there's some benefits by entering the code that you see on here. We are sharing these slides with the audience, Paul, so they've got access to Thank all you. this information directly. Um, and Shola's just asked that question. We'll be sending those slides. We will indeed be sending the slides to you. Um, as I said, if you want to learn more about Good Lord, please do go onto our website, uh, goodlord.co forward slash book a call, um, and we can talk you through exactly how Good Lord can help your business um, automate and manage the entirety of that pretensive process, including payments, uh, contract signing, referencing, insurance, tenancy services um, and everything in between um, we are running out of time so Paul um, once again thank you very much for your time it's pleasure, always a pleasure to have you on um, I hope this has been useful to uh, to all of the um, uh, uh, listeners that have, have joined today um, we hope you have a fantastic week um, and I look forward to seeing you again very shortly we have a number of these webinars uh, with different guests um, ranging from Peter Knight uh, to Christian Byfield so looking forward to an interesting few weeks of um, great attendees uh, Paul being the first of those once again thank you uh, and uh, everyone else have a fantastic day bye-bye Bye, everyone. Bye.